Very well done. Thank I welcome each of you tonight. I invite your attention to Philippians chapter 3. We'll, we'll start there in just a moment. I know I'm in a Baptist church because all this food was promoted. I understand you. <laughs> I don't do pot luck anymore. I do pot faith. I, I you know, <laughs> got to make sure that food's good before I eat it. But uh, all those Sonoran dogs, my goodness, that was beautiful. What a beautiful presentation from the missionary. It was very stirring to my heart. I really appreciate it. There is an announcement that I want to share with you. I've shared it with the leadership this week. I've had the wonderful privilege of being here going on four months almost. But next Sunday will be our last Sunday. That is Easter Sunday. I'll preach then. The following Sunday, the candidate comes to preach. And we're hopeful, meeting of the minds and the heart, that God would allow that to take place. And then, in a sense, I'm handing the baton back to you all. Because when I came, I asked you to do a couple of things. I asked you to pray. You remember how often you were supposed to pray? Whenever you ate. Thank you. Okay. All right. You were supposed to pray. You were supposed to be purposeful. And you were supposed to have a plan. And your team here put together the plan, the pulpit committee. And there's a number of people I have to thank. First of all, I've got to thank Ed, 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 Larry, Larry, Larry. And Brother Dean here, I tell you, Mr. Enthusiasm, always so joyful and kind. And I, I appreciate uh, Brother Ed Matchett, of course, he kind of leading the way. But I, I think lifelong friend's going to be St. Mike right over here. I'll <coughs> never, <coughs> never forget that. It's been a precious, precious time for us. It's been a wonderful season in our life. And there's nothing wrong here at the church. It's just my pastor came to me and said, Jim, it's time to come home. I, I need you. And I do teach a class there. I teach a Bible institute. So, but it, it's, I, I'll start crying if I keep going. So let's just go to Philippians chapter 3. And the title of the message here, I mean that. We love you all. And, and we're not going away. We'll be back. Lord willing, we'll have an opportunity to come and return. And I think there is such great potential here. And again, I think the Lord has orchestrated all this. Still remember Brother Mike calling me and, and extending that invitation. And I was nervous as could be. I didn't know if you would like me. I didn't know if I'd like you. But uh, <laughs> the Lord was gracious. And I have to add... You have some of the most wonderful young people here. Amen. I appreciate their dress, their attitude. One of the young men was asking me about my favorite uh, basketball team today. But that's another topic anyway. But I love them as well. All right, Philippians chapter 3. Seize the day. What do I mean to that? There's an exhortation for us to live life to the fullest. And we should try to get the most out of every single day. We want that. I don't think we want to live life and be mediocre. We don't, you know, a C student is as close to an F student as he is to an A student. We don't want to be mediocre. You remember all the different advertisers through the years. Just do it. Satisfy your thirst. Life is a journey. Enjoy the ride. Where's the beef? Well, <laughs> sometimes we get caught up in the day-to-day -day details of living life. When you think about it, we have deadlines, we have commitments, 
We have problems. We have priorities. We have distractions. We have obstacles. And fulfillment doesn't seem to be possible in our grasp. But there's a biblical author, Paul, that believed in the philosophy of carpe diem. Seize the day. And he shares his philosophy. And this lesson will be our last one here in the study of Philippians. And oh, before I forget it, Miss Amber, I want to say a special thank you for playing the piano and always being available and helping during the invitation, the music program. And tell your husband Titus that we love him, appreciate him, and miss him, and pray he comes back safe and whatever future holds for you all as well. Okay. All right. He believed in this philosophy, and he puts it within his grasp. Look with me here, Philippians 3. Once again, stand with me. No matter how hectic your life may be, I'm going to share three important steps. And I am well aware of the time, and I know there's an event following this. But once again, let's do this out loud. I'm going to read here uh, the odd verses, and I'll have you read the even verses. In Philippians 3, verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, now as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend for that which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many be perfect, be thus minded, and if anything ye be otherwise minded, God's reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind by the same thing. Lord, we come before you. We surrender this time to you, this message here, that it might bring glory and honor to you. And once again, we thank you for the privilege each time that I've had to step into this pulpit. And the desire has been that we may grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that all would be done for your honor, for your praise, and for your glory. Would you continue to bless this ministry here? Would you be with Brother Bertram as he comes? I know he's trying to settle his heart. The church is trying to settle theirs. The men have done a wonderful job. They've put forth the very best candidate right out. So we're praying your will be done. Bless us now. Bless the fellowship to follow as well. We'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Go ahead and be seated. I mentioned three steps fulfilling this life here. First of all, you have to find your purpose. For you to be successful, you must know your purpose. A business has a mission statement. A church has 
a mission statement. Organizations do. Families do. Maybe even as individuals you do. Well, our government knows their purpose. Listen to this. This is in their IRS handbook. During a state of national emergency resulting from enemy attack, nuclear war, the essential functions of the service will be as follows. Assessing, collecting, and recording taxes. <laughs> they know their purpose. It's unbelievable, but we need to know our purpose. What is your purpose in life? To be a good wife? Be a good husband? Be a good mother? Be a good father? provide for my family, to do my job, be a good teacher, an electrician, plumber, business owner, policeman, corrections officer, receptionist, truck driver. These are all good. Yes, they are, but they are secondary purposes. What is your primary purpose in life? See, everything in creation has a primary purpose or reason for existing. Life is without meaning unless we discover what is our purpose. Paul stated his purpose. Look with me again, Philippians 3, verse 10. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. I want to know Christ so that I may be like Christ. See, Paul's focus was on a relationship, and that relationship deepened as the days would go by. Now, there were daily experiences, and there was an experience and an exciting theme. What was the power for, for Paul? Look with me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. What is this power to be able to, to live this fulfilling life, a life with purpose? In Romans 8, 11, it says, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. As you've come to know Christ and you invited him to come into your heart, you're sealed unto the day of redemption until you die, till you go to heaven. But we have the power of the resurrection of Jesus within our heart. And he empowers you and I to seize the day. How do we do that? Well, notice verse 13. Very important part here. Philippians 3.13. Brethren, I count not myself to apprehended this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth unto those things which are before. Folks, we all have a past, and we want to be able to forget it. Paul had a past. You know, he was instrumental in torment and in murder of innocent people. Before he became a Christian, he was known as Saul, and he was bent on capturing those that claimed to know Christ. He was faced with a choice, though, after he became a believer. He could dwell on his mistakes, or he could forget and move on with his life, overlooking those things. See, the memories of the past keep coming back. But it's over. It's done. You can't change it. It's time to move on. When I was studying for my master's degree in counseling, 
I came across just really a very simple, very simple statement. Instead of saying, if only I would have done this, if only I hadn't done that, if only I had thought of this, change the words. Instead of saying, if only, say, next time. Why? Because that's a learning experience. It's something that you've gone through. And, and yes, you may have been hurt, and, and we've all been there. We, we've made financial decisions that have hurt us. We, we've made other decisions that come back to haunt us. But next time, you're not going to allow that to dominate your life. Listen to Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. Once they've been confessed, they have been forgiven, and God has forgotten them. Hebrews 10, 17. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. And this morning I mentioned Micah chapter 7, verse 19. As though he takes our sins and he buries them in the sea of forgetfulness, it says to be remembered against us no more. And sometimes we try to go fishing there, and there's a sign that says, no fishing allowed. No need to go back there. It is over. But we also have to forget the good days. Now, I played basketball, and if I'm not careful, I, I can zone in and pretend that I'm back in that era when I played ball. Oh, I, I got to tell you this, because you guys were asking about basketball earlier. This is very embarrassing. I don't, this, I don't know what the most embarrassing thing in your life has ever been, but I was playing college ball. It was one of my very first games. We're playing in a field house. 2,500 people there cheering us on. I go in the game. I come out of the game. The guy got fouled. Coach sent me back in. The guard bounces the ball to me. I go up and I make a beautiful layup. I mean, I was so proud. And I scored for the wrong team. <laughs> oh. I got to forget that. Got to forget that. There's one time I scored 20 points. Never mind, that's another story. <laughs> we got to forget the good days. We tend to zero sometimes in a good period of our life, and we spend all the time reliving those days. Sometimes even we think when the children were young or whatever. Oh, here's another one. Churches tend to live in the past. You, you, this, you guys can't live in the past. What has been done has been done. It's accomplished. What's here is here now, and it's time to move forward. Amen. And I will tell you this, a good past does not always guarantee a meaningful future. You have to be careful. But Paul was clear. I will not live in the past. Notice verse 8 there, Philippians 3. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. That's garbage or refuse. That what? I may win Christ. So let me encourage you. The Bible says here to seize the day to focus on one thing. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forth in those things which are before. And I've shared this verse with you, Psalm 27.4. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. So we've learned this. Now it's time to face the present. Facing the present. 
So we choose to live life as it comes to us day by day. It's easy to live in the past. It's easy sometimes to think about the future. But we've got to live in the here and the now. Job reminds us in Job 14.1 that man is born of a woman is a few days, and it says, and full of trouble. We're going to have trouble. It's going to be there. But may we never forget we're never alone. Go with me to the 23rd Psalm. You know this psalm. Maybe you learned it as a child. Maybe you've memorized it. It's very precious. Let's read it together. We can do that. Psalm 23, verse 1. All the verses. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That psalm supplies all of our needs. Can I tell you, he knows your strengths. He knows your weakness. He knows your past. He knows your heart. He knows your desires. He knows your motives. He knows your ambitions. He knows your disappointments. He knows our sins. He knows everything. There is nothing hidden from him. In Hebrews 4, 15, 16, For we have not a high priest, which cannot be touched with the feelings of infirmity, but is in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace, it says, to help in time of need. So I don't know when that time's going to come for you. I don't know when you're going to have a need. But he's there. He will be there. And the psalm tells us that he's willing to restore us when we do fall. To restore, to restore what was lost to an earlier condition. Have you ever wondered what people would say if they knew the truth about you? Well, I like this quote. There's more grace in God's heart than there is wrong in your past. God wants us to be victorious. And he protects us by his grace. Now, as believers, we're not exempt from problems. He doesn't eliminate difficulties in our life. But never forget John 16, 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So he is with us now and forever. Christ is with us throughout every detail and every event of our life. Think of that. At our birth, 
our growing up years, our high school years, our college, our marriage, the birth of our children, their first day in school, when we give our children away in marriage, when you lose your best friend, even when you draw your last breath, he is there. Empowered by these principles, seize the day. Find your purpose. Forget your past. Face the present and focus on the Lord. He supplies all of our needs. He restores us when we fall. He protects us by his grace. He is with us now and forever. Join me in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, and this will bring our message to a close. Time for the fellowship. Romans chapter 8. Drop down to about verse number 35. Romans 8, verse 35. Take this promise with you tonight. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, height nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's go ahead and bow our heads together for just a moment. Miss Amber is going to come and play the piano for us. And right where you're seated, may you reflect upon some of the things that were shared here tonight. I was really, like I said, my heart was stirred by this missionary. What a beautiful family. And I believe they're going to have a phenomenal ministry there. I was moved with the teenagers as they sang. My wife and I have been privileged to be part of this fellowship these past few months. But as you come tonight, think about the Lord, how he's blessed your heart and life. May you continue to be faithful unto him. May you seek his will. Would you be in prayer for Brother Bertram as he comes? He's been here once before, preached a marvelous message. He'll be back again here in a couple of weeks. And then you'll be afforded that opportunity, possibly to choose him for your next pastor. But tonight, if there's someone here that has a need that I'm unaware of, a spiritual need, and you need a moment here at the altar, the altar is open, you're welcome to come. Or if you're here tonight and you've, you've never embraced Christ as Savior, we're obviously we'd be willing to take time and share that with you as well.